The following podcast is a presentation of the PTB Media Network. What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to episode 76 of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinho. And tonight, this is a part two of my conversation with Benfica After 90's Mario Mata. It was a fantastic conversation. You heard the first part in the last episode, the first half of it. Tonight, you hear the second half, okay? So it's about another hour of conversation with myself and Mario, and we hit on some more different uh, topics. And um, we kind of let loose a bit, and and it was a fantastic conversation, let me tell you. And I'm not going to spoil it for you so that you can listen to it. Um, We're going to pick up where we left off, okay? We're going to pay a bill really quickly, and after that... um, after that, we're going to get right back into it. There's no Reconquista in this episode. You heard that last time. We're going to get right back into it, all right, we where we left off. And Mario, when, when we get back, Mario is talking about the difference, as we were talking about, the content, the quality of content on BTV. And we'll pick up with Mario talking about when he first got BTV, watching an interview in a coffee shop with Ozebio. I think I've seen it. It's called Vain Tomar Café. Vem Tomar Café Comigo or something like that was the name of the show um, from back in like the 80s. But um, it aired on BTV also, I believe. And it's just Ozebu telling you about himself. And that's where Mario is picking. That's where we are picking up. This is what Mario's talking about when we pick up on the other side of this break. All right. This is Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho. You can follow me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. On Instagram at Mr. Benfica. And you can check out MrBenfica.com. There's some big changes coming very soon to MrBenfica.com. You're going to see a new and improved version of the site. And also, don't forget to check uh, check me out on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Benfica. And check the YouTube channel. This interview will appear in its original entire form on YouTube um, this weekend. I'm going to post it on Saturday. Okay, so Saturday, August the 16th, I want to say, August the 15th. Saturday, August the 15th, you will see this entire conversation on YouTube from start to finish on the Mr. Benfica channel. So stay tuned to that, and we'll be right back with Mario on the other side of this break. All right, this is episode 76, Mr. Benfica off-season talk with Mario Mata of Benfica After 90. What the was? I swear there was once I turned it on. And it was Zebu at some coffee shop somewhere in Lisbon, sitting down with someone just having a cafe, mm-hmm. talking about life and this and that and yeah. his history and what he likes to see now about the club and da da da. da. I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, I lo- I loved it. That's it was what so you, cool. You want to see? Give, give me them doing that with a Nuno Gomes. Give me give that Let with me get to know these like players the as people. You know what yeah, do they do on their free time? They used to have that. They used to have that interview show. I think they still have it, but it's less notable people. But they brought in like a foreign player. I think it was Cristante at the time. Yeah. So what do you do for fun? Oh, I like to fish. Like, he's yeah, like, exactly. What do you like about living in Portugal? Oh, the, I love the way you guys make fish in Portugal. You know, in Italy we have pasta, but we nobody makes fish. Like, you get to learn these little nuances of these people, and hey, you get to you personify, humanize you humanize these players, and they're not just the guy you see on TV. Maybe we won't scream at them as much when they screw up if. If we know these, maybe if yeah. if I find out Andre Almeida is this great guy, maybe I'm not so critical of him every well, time. Uh, you know exactly. And there's even like I remember I forgot what I was watching once. It was something. Um, it was a different program, not not be figure related. But I think it was Javi loves wine. It has a winery and yada uh-huh. yada yada. And they're kind of going around wine tours and how he yeah. got his dad involved and his dad runs it. And I the stuff like that. I'm like, this is content that I think 
because Bifik is the club and you own the station, own the team right. rights, and you got these players. You have them there. You can <laughs> grab them. And then you got the legendary guys that are always by the club. You can grab right. them. And go, hey, what are, you, what are you up to nowadays? Oh, I've been fishing. Like the fishing ones, stuff like that. Yeah. Like that stuff is like. What do you do for fun? You know, it's great to it's, learn this stuff. It's cool. It's fun. It's entertainment. It's neat. It's content. It's not as, uh, it's not getting into the, um, heck, Bifik will be playing good or poorly. Right. I can yeah. go in and watch this and enjoy it. There used to be a show, I think it was called Top to Crack or something like that, and Ana Moreira was the reporter. She would go around with one of the Modli Dodge players, yeah. and they'd count down their seven favorite songs in their pregame you know, mix. Yeah. And it was cool. You, you'd get to know this guy, and, oh, this guy likes you know, this Brazilian samba song from yeah. 1962. He listens to it before every basketball game. It's, it's, it's cool. hilarious. It's, it's fun just to people. But it's, that's the type of content which I think they have – such easy access at their fingertips mm-hmm. i think they're squandering yeah um I, I think this constant like i have no interest in watching any talk show on bifika which no, is either. like related to analysis on the current team because i feel it's so it's so against the rules to criticize that it gets yeah. to a point where i can't watch this I'm so, i love the team but i can't i can't watch like someone just on their knees groveling yeah. Especially when things aren't going right. Even like the post-game show, they'll bring in, and this is a a very typically Portuguese thing to do that is hilarious. Nobody else does this. They'll bring in a referee to to criticize the referee. And, you know, it's like Antonio Rola comes in every time to basically, if Mefica loses, criticize the referee and find every mistake he made. And if they win, you know, praise the referee. (laughs) <laughs> oh god yeah no no kidding i see yeah, i agree they have that and it's that's a whole other circus in itself how they run with the referees and i think again that goes back to the liga i think the liga allowing the level of, like i know in the epl there's like no there's patience no, for anything. yeah right no tolerance for for yeah. criticizing officials we're here it's if you don't do it you're doing a bad job as a club like literally they're like you're not defending your team or something <laughs> there's a few years back where we had like porto was all over the ref so hard yeah and I remember Lucia Fieda and the club got a lot of flack saying, hey, you're not doing it. You got to do it more. And, and they put <laughs> on a campaign yeah. to go out of the referees. They really, really hard to none of the referees. And, and everyone's like, oh, there we go. Now you're doing your job. It's like, yeah. I'm like, I think the Liga should like rein this in on all sides. But yeah, it's a lack. Of, I think it's a lack of a professionalism around the board in Portuguese football from the players to the management to the, the media. There's just a, I mean, even when you watch a press conference, these journalists ask stupid questions like the, you know, the guy just lost. Well, do you think that, you know, so-and-so not, not training yesterday affected your decision today? And it's like basically trying to, to light a fire, you know, trying to feed gasoline into a fire so they can have an easy time writing their articles the next morning. I found Lodge was really good at handling that. At, at first, uh, especially, yeah. At first, it was, he would laugh, laugh it off, and, and kind of, I remember they once brought up his salary. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, you're making 500000 a year. And it's like, and he asked him something about his 500K he makes or whatever it was because his salary is low compared to like the regular, you know, Bifika manager, let alone Big Three manager. And he just got a shot back of like, okay, that has nothing to do with what's on the pitch. Do you actually have a question? Yeah. And it's like, right. and he was pretty good at doing that. But it's the fact that it's like, these guys got no shame. They're looking for that controversy. They're looking for that. Yeah. Georgia Quinsacella is like the, the perfect Portuguese media guy because he snaps, he, he freaks he, out, he, he, he throws he, a fit. Yeah. He eats the bait every time. Yeah. Especially if his team was not, you know, not playing well. Oh, if, if Porto underperformed, it's, it's a great show to watch. Oh. If, if, he could have, if Porto won, but if he could also have to win, he'll, they yeah. can get under his skin and get him to yeah. out also. Yeah. Uh, it's like, because they'll just throw a few Bifica things. He'll, he'll throw a fit. It's good media for that. And right? I remember the time he walked out, it was a Champions League. He walked out of the <laughs> he walked out of the press conference because there was questions about Bruno Fernandes being sold instead of <laughs> about the way about the way his team played it. He got so yeah. pissed he, he walked right out. You're good for him on that, but I think it's funny though. It's uh, but they know they get the reaction out of that guy. Yeah, exactly. And you know, uh, we'll see how JJ handles the media this time around. I know he said something about he's not going to enter into the mind games, but that's so much a part oh, of his yeah, DNA. Yeah, good, yeah, good <laughs> luck with that. I. Yeah, him not entering into the mind games, him trying to play a whole new mind game himself, you know. And, and you know, he was he was a much more subdued version of himself in Brazil because he knew he was outnumbered, and he knew he was the outsider, and he was a lot more humble, I guess you could say. But he was a lot more uh, complimentive of of his opponents, and 
to this day, the, the Grimio coach still hates him, right? Renato yeah. Gaucho. He, he went on, he's pissed that he's taken, uh, you know, he's taken Everton Sabolini yeah. away from Grimio. And I'm watching ESPN Brazil, and the ESPN Brazil reporters telling Renato, he goes, Forget that guy. Forget Jesus. He's gone. <laughs> he's yeah, he's like, gone. Don't talk about it. I don't like, hear this he's guy's so name again. traumatized from these four matches that he just got absolutely yeah. annihilated by him. That he's still like he's obsessed with with George Zouge, even though George Zouge is gone. Oh man, it's funny. I, I do I do feel by the end of it, he was starting to get a little bit more of his. Uh, he was. He was. Yeah. He, he had. He was feeling comfortable and. Yeah. Basically, well, the, he results became, were, he the results were the results were real. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there wasn't a single fan who had anything bad to say about him at the end. Yeah, I just I, I kind of. I view him as a mercenary coming here to do a yeah. job right now. Um, and it's all good, but I, uh, th- there's pros and cons to that. The, the, the big con is he could care less how he leaves the club. He's getting paid as long as yeah. he can get do it. As long as he wins titles, which is good, is what we want, does well in Europe. He himself opens up his own door for his next job or a bigger payday. Right. Um, but then I hold no qualms that this guy will, will, if the offer is better, just turn his back super quick on us, right? So, sure. That's why he wanted a one-year contract. He got two. He yeah. Said two. So you know that he's not, he's not coming here to retire. Yeah, and that's why I kind of look at some of these deals, and I'm, I'm hoping any players we're signing right now under him are over two years because mm-hmm. I don't want a situation where he leaves he's and everybody's done, gone. And we have a bunch him. of guys yeah. like, yeah. And we're back to relying on our Prices, team yeah. to, 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 to fill in every hole in the team. Yeah. Exactly. We don't want to get into a Porto situation where all these players leaving us free agents, right? Right. And we don't, yeah, we don't want to get into that financial fair play violation area where we've got to sell everybody off just to break even. That's craziness. And it's, it's one of those things where it's an easy trap to fall into because yeah. uh, right now we're desperate. We really want that attention from them. And it's, uh, and we got him, but hopefully we keep we keep cooler heads. I, I kind of look at all these announcements of signings, and obviously I'm excited right now. I'm I'm of over course, the moon. Yeah. I'm thrilled. I'm 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 like this is cool. This is cool having these types of names flaunted around the club. This is what Bifigo was supposed to have been doing a while back right. ago, right? Um, and it's because it's kind of like almost an abusive relationship. You got neglected, really and now you get yeah, you getting some is. attention. We'd sit here, you know. You on your show, me on mine. We'd sit here week after week, just defeated with the yeah. way thing fell apart. Yeah, we keep coming back to this abusive partner, if you will, and they just keep beating us some more. And then finally, you know, now we have the hope that with this manager and with the change of of uh, the change of priorities, that things will get better. I, I kind of feel bad both for Rui Tadi and Laj because yeah. I feel in a sense that Rui Tadi was an unattractive type of manager he played a very let's get the one goal and hold the result let's play mm-hmm. a little bit more defensive right let's not forget you know that's what got us two back-to-back champions league mm-hmm. knockout appearances something right. this club had not done in ages right what did him in wasn't his style his style wasn't helpful you know if you set on one goal lead you're bound to get punished mm-hmm. for it um it was gutting the squad year one, gutting the squad year two, year two. and not really reinvesting. So by it, right. year three, it was a circus uh, to the point where um, we got zero points in the Champions League. We mm-hmm. lost to Penta. And then again, they doubled down on that gutting him. Yeah. And yeah, they, they said they signed some players, but I really felt like it was just patchwork. Like it was like doing the bare minimum. Right possible and i don't know how any people toss playing around whether it's him not asking for them or whatever the story but as a president of the club how you run the club you should be seeing the trend where things are headed and then when they get rid of him and you have unlimited money we'll sign Mourinho, and you have lodge and we're going to get Mourinho, we're going to spend unlimited money on mm-hmm. players and you don't sign anyone because lodge did very well but you didn't really sign players and then come in this summer yes rdt a couple guys were interesting mm-hmm. but it, it's like the damage was done yeah. And even in the winter window, you know, Lucia Fiatus supporters come out and say, oh, but we, we signed Weigel. Right. I'm like, oh, Samadis wasn't horrific. And we no, have Florentino. There wasn't a need for that it player, wasn't the right. most, it wasn't the most crit. We needed a goal scorer or we needed a center back right. desperately. Like you, you got the one position, like we didn't need a mid. The one place we were set. Yeah. When you had the Gabriel Tarat switching in the middle, you just had like yeah. so many options in that middle. And I kind of looked at him like, hey, this is this signing is not what we need. And it's just uh, – so I, I feel bad in the sense that I, I don't think those managers were the right managers for Bifika. Mm-hmm. 
but I think that it almost didn't matter who we had as a manager, but they're going to yeah. be set up for failure. I, I tend to agree with you. And, you know, we went through this campaign to re-sign Samadij last year. And right yeah. from the first day of preseason, he was buried on the bench. It made no yeah. sense. And then, of course, we're going to call on him when he hasn't played in six weeks and then bench him because he didn't play well in that one game where he was called in against Porto the match day three. And, and just right from, you know, we were both at the match, the match last year that was here in uh, New England. Yeah. And that preseason just looked poorly planned from the beginning. Like you didn't understand what team he was putting on, on the pitch to play because it was never a full 11. He was playing bits and pieces of each facet of the game. Yeah, of each yeah, phase. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, when are we going to get to our 11? When that's, we, that's a good shout though. Fasia, that. You had Fasia playing the whole preseason when we had written him off. And yeah, because all of a sudden it's like Fasia's back. Okay, yeah. well, and back. Samadhi's I thought, I thought just Florentino. sitting on the bench, and right, yeah. Florentino had just come off a great season. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was very odd because I remember that. I remember um, uh, seeing Chivas, and you go, oh, it's one of the yeah. early games. We had played in Portugal right. already. Okay, I get it. We'll, we'll get into a flow. We never got into we any. We never got into that flow. We never got into a flow. We never had any because it gets to a point where you're the first two games, dealers, and then you kind of mm-hmm. go, here's our main with a tweak. Right. Next friend, here's our main one. Right. Maybe a couple yeah. of question marks, but yeah. you'd have seven or eight out of the 11 set. And I never yeah, and you kind of swap out a halftime or whatever you got to yeah. do. But this one, it's like every match was very unique teams, different formations. Right. Okay. okay, we're going to 4-3-3 or is it back to 4-3-3 from the 4-4-2. And it's like – and it was even the – and it, the, the most shocking thing was I felt Gabriel – not Gabriel, sorry. Um, uh, Jets and, and Florentino were, were mm-hmm. such – standouts last year and how yeah. quickly these kids got back to the kicked bench. out of the club. Yeah. yeah back to the bench and we chased Jetson out of the club with the loan and we keep trying to sell Florentino it looks like we're proactively trying to sell him and it's just like what the heck are you guys doing it's like yeah. this doesn't it, the strategy and logic behind all of it made no sense in my opinion. and then we have you know an Andre Almeida who's already not a first choice right back yeah and he's injured we're, we're going with an 18 year old left back as our starting right back to start the season makes no sense we finished the season with an 18 year old right back at left back it, yeah it, it was like the team was never constructed to to really succeed this year it was it was the bare minimum to try to yeah. win a, a Liga Nosh title and that, right. that's the problem and and then you kind of go back and this is where things come full circle on the financial side is in it and the same span the last three seasons we made of that massive amount of money that's 472 million because I, I have the numbers yeah. in front of me 472 million we spent of that money a hundred million. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you go back years prior, like you go like, uh, if you go, let's say George Juice time, like first four years of George Juice, mm-hmm. the club spent 145 million and the club made 155 million. Right. It used to be a time where you made the money on the sale, spent it, you kept a little bit for you debt. Kept a little bit, right. And then all of a sudden, that's like a, a ratio where you're spending like 90, 80% of what you make in the transfer market. You knew there's like, you're losing 10% on the top for uh, certain fees, certain overhead costs for debt, for other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, there was a time back then, like, yeah, we got to be a bit careful that may knock it down a little bit quicker, but, you know, mm-hmm. just a little bit. Last three years, again, 100 million spend. People go, oh, yeah, you compare it, it's still similar spend. I'm like, well, it's a decade later. Prices right. are completely different. Yeah, there's now inflation, the first of all. <laughs> yeah. And you're spending basically, it, that's pretty much works out to t- less than 20% of the budget mm-hmm. is what you're spending. So it's like, of course, you had this scenario where it's like, whoa, what's the game plan here? Like, we had a, a situation where, again, going back, if you went back to back knockouts of the Champions League mm-hmm. with the right investment, they could have kept doing that and they could have won a pent right. and they could have just been doing what Juventus in a sense is doing, which is owning Syria and owning the league and, right. and focusing on Europe and, uh, and trying to at least. And it's just now we're trying to rebuild so we can win domestically again and, and try to, yeah. it's it, yeah, uh, You could even say we had favorable draws to advance every time in, in the Champions League. Especially the past while. Yeah, I, I think, the past I think, three at least I would say where we failed, yeah. but we've, the draw has been favorable enough to, to advance. Yeah, and it's in, in every single case, it was kind of like very obvious things that the club themselves, like I look at the Penta year, so the Penta mm-hmm. year of Bruno Varela. Yeah. It was so clear we had an issue with goalkeeping. And I remember at the time in the winter window for that season, 
Lucia Vita coming out saying we have an unlimited budget and yes, we can sign a better keeper. We can sign this. And then he signed no one. Right. And then we narrowly lost the Penta and you kind of saw yeah. this gap. Yeah. And it's like these gaps we see time and time again, where you're like, okay, well, what are you doing to fix it? It's uh and I think this year was too little too late when they tried doing it because yeah. they did try. I, think, I felt they tried with RDT and a few signings, but it just wasn't. Yeah, and they, they tried to bring in Diego Souza in the, in the market in the January window for yeah. whatever reason. But just it seems no. like they tried to make moves for the sake of making moves so that yeah, we just would to back say off it's, them. Yeah. yeah, it's the lowest cost yeah. move that they can make. Say, right. hey, look, we did something. And they kind of went, oh, RDT didn't work out. We made our money back. I'm like, so what we did is we spent $20 million RDT. He completely failed. We got twenty million back, and then we got Diego Souza free. Who, yeah, who's like a, a yeah. lesser version of of RDT. He's a similar player, not quite as as gifted, and, but he plays the same exact game that that RDT does. It didn't work with RDT, so let's let's bring in you know a low cost Diego Souza and see if that works. But yeah, we didn't address was... any of the needs we actually had. Yeah, and I think that move with Diego Souza was complete timed at the time with the Chinese club, mm-hmm. China and bringing in the Chinese to do that big event. That's true. And, and it was, if you could try to do something maybe as I a didn't friendly think of that aspect, but you're right now. That yeah. You bring that up. And it's like one of these things where it's like, okay, you're putting the marketing and business side ahead of the product on the pitch. Right. And which, that, which is what they do when they roll out, you know, the type of team we did in the first match day of the champions league to take yeah, on Leipzig. God, what a disaster that was. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's that's I, I I'm just glad that now we're in a situation where Lucian is in a panic. He's scared he's going to lose his job, so now he's mm-hmm. kind of you know going to people who know how to run teams, going yeah. to George Shoes and going, hey, what, what do we need here? And he's basically telling them as it is, and they're spending, and he's given the, the budget. It's just it's sad because I think this now, I get scared of reckless spending. I think mm-hmm. it's good that we're spending, but uh, and these signings sound great. And hopefully it works out, man. That's all I got at this point. You're kind of now on hopes, right? Yeah, yeah. Cause exactly. it's like almost like you're gambling. You're, you're putting it all on, on red and here we go. Let's mm-hmm. see. And you talk about Luis Felipe Vieta and his, his position. Now you had the pleasure of having one of his, uh, one of his competitors on your show, yeah. which was, it was mind blowing to watch. And a lot of what he said, I had a feeling of, right. So you had Rui Gomes, the Silva on, and I yeah. was watching Alex's re- reaction to a lot of what he was saying. And he was, yeah. his jaw was just dropping. Um, now you've had a couple of weeks to kind of, you know, kind of digest it. What do you think now after having talked to, to, to him? And now that you see another contender in the race in, 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 uh, Noronha Lopsh. Yeah. yeah. What well, do you, well, what are you thinking now? Two weeks later? You know what? I got to say, I got to give credit where it's due. I think Rui Gomes is going out to as many mm-hmm. people that are willing to talk. And he's yeah. talking to me fikishas. Um I know, I know at the end of the day, these are elections. There's, there's a political aspect to it. I right. know there's a bit of spin to it. I get sure. that. But in talking to him, I honestly felt the guy is a Bifikisha that mm-hmm. wants to see the product on the pitch improve and, and cares a lot about what's on the pro- uh, what's going on. And, and so that that to me, uh, you could just sense it, the, the love he has for the club. Mm-hmm. Lopes, I, I see the fanfare for him. I see the amount of attention he's getting. I think right now, really, there's a mentality of anyone but Lucio Fieda. Right. And, and who's got the most momentum? And let's park our cart behind that behind person. Behind that guy, yeah. Yeah, so I could see I could see the, the momentum. Lopes came out of the gate running. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the, he, it polar opposite in the sense of Rui Gomes, where Rui Gomes is putting himself out there. Right. And Lopes isn't really doing that. He's meeting privately with individuals. Yeah. Lo- you can see his corporate background in Lopes. You know, he, yeah. I looked into him and, you know, he was, he rose to the ranks at McDonald's International yeah. and in McDonald's Europe. And you can see he plays a more corporate game, whereas um, Gomes da Silva is this, this, you know, champion of the people, if you will. And yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. And I, like I said to you, you know, I had tweeted you that it made a huge impression on me that he was willing to come on your show and speak English. Yeah, and that that in itself was it was kind of neat. So we went back and forth for a while chatting, um, you know, trying to arrange this this interview, and then I, I let him know, you know, our show appeals to the English fan base. Right. Um, would you be comfortable if I was to say anything in English? Do you, how's your English? Out of curiosity, he said, "Oh, I'm quite comfortable in English." And and that was kind of so. I'm like, would you be able to answer in English, or would you? I told him like, do do whatever is comfortable for you. Right. You're you're my guest. 
um, if you want me to speak in Portuguese and you speak in Portuguese and I subtitle it, it is what it is. If you're cool, if I say a few things in English, the English audience can hear it. And then I subtitle your, your Portuguese mm -hmm. response. And he's like, and he's like, oh, so the majority of your listeners are English. I'm like, yeah. And I kind of explain. And he's like, you know what? No, no, I'm not, I'm not the best, but I, I'd rather do it in English. The majority of your listeners are English. I want to talk to Fikishas directly, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, cool. I'm like, that was awesome. And I even asked him, like, out of curiosity, any, any top, like, I just kind of, I didn't get any pushback from him or anything before the interview on restrictions, topics mm -hmm. that you don't talk about. He right. was pretty much open. Um, I thought that was cool. I, I, I yeah. think the biggest risk he has as a candidate, and I've seen it exposed several times now, is because he's open and talking to everyone and he's willing to chat and he's willing to yeah. just riff back and forth a bit, you'll get caught off guard with maybe the wrong question. You'll sure. get caught off guard with the wrong statement and then things get blown out of proportion. Mm -hmm. I, I think he got blown out of proportion on that uh, comment about hiring, instead of hiring George Jewish, hiring Mourinho or something like that. Like, oh, he couldn't pay Mourinho that much. He's like, I, what his what he was trying to get at, and he mentioned on mine, is like with the yeah. money we're looking at spending. Yeah, there's a lot of managers you can get. Right, he's not his first choice. Right, and everyone's like, oh, he's saying that money is what Rio gets paid. He doesn't know he doesn't know football. I'm like, that's not it. Like you're missing right. the point. But well, it's just the way, the way politicians deal with that all the time, and you yeah. know the, the words can easily be twisted. And and Rui Gomes da Silva said he has a background in politics, so it's nothing new to him. But their words yeah. can get twisted out of context and. Next thing you know, you're defending a statement that's not what you said. Yeah, and it's it's really gets away from the message. And mm -hmm. I, I I think Lopes has more of that. I, I agree with you that corporate background, that success. He has more mm -hmm. of that cachet. I think people are looking at everything like a business. The only thing I look at, even regardless of who wins, let's say Lopes wins, right? Let's say he's got the momentum. The one thing I hope when he wins, that he goes in with the full knowledge of having seen firsthand is the current guy was a business focused guy, a savvy in the exactly. I'm not taking that away from Lucia Vietti's and a lot of good things. Yeah. Um, but he took his eye off what was going on in the pitch. Right. These guys got ticked off. Mm -hmm. And no matter what he did for them, they kicked him out. Yeah. And so he goes in going, I'm a savvy business person. I don't know. I don't want to accuse him of not knowing football, but I'm just going to put him in the bucket as a Lucia Vieta, where he's a mm -hmm. guy that maybe is business first, but knowing full hand that he'll be out of a job if he doesn't recognize things are going wrong on the pitch. Right. And that to me should be the main lesson. I hope if we should hear it with that, he, um, that he narrowly wins and he gets that fear of God. Obviously you could see what the way he's spending. Yeah. And he knows he's on notice and he doesn't I, screw around anymore. I have never seen Luis Felipe Vieta like this. <laughs> you can see he, oh, he no, knows, you know, he, he's panicked. He's in for a real fight this time. And I've never oh. seen the whole Bifika apparatus from the press conference with George Jush to BTV yeah. to Bifika Twitter to like all the official outlets campaigning for him. Basically. Right. And then every independent outlet like us and, and you know, independent. Them. Exactly. Or at least trying to level the playing field and trying to, to balance out the coverage. Because we are, it does feel like voices are being silenced and. You know. Yeah, it's it feels it's being science. It feels like it's almost being mocked to a certain extent by, sure, by, yeah. by, by the club, and it's it's a bit of a power struggle right now. It's is it this uh, club of the people or is it a club of uh, the, the the top the few? Right. <laughs> and um, you know, you always hope the people went out. I really do. You and hope I, so, right? And I hope if anything, if Lucio Vieta still gets reelected, that he, he's going to come away very wounded from mm -hmm. it, and knowing full well he he's changed. on notice that. Yeah. He, he, that's it. It's not his toy, but I get scared of the short-sightedness. I think all these exciting as, as, as signings, and if we get a good start to the, this fall, following year, could get people to go, ah, oh, things are great. Look how good things are. And it's, yeah, they are, but why are we in this situation today? Yeah, and that one not thing, losing sight. One thing Rui Gomes da Silva spoke about with you guys, and I noticed this was where Alex was shocked. He talked about the involvement of George Mench. He wasn't shy about it. Yeah. And even where I've worked at the fourth division in the United States, the agents wheel their power around. You drop a player. And next thing you know, he's in your, he's in your locker room saying, this isn't what we agreed to. And yeah. it didn't surprise me to see that, but I'm glad he said that because a lot of people don't, uh, they don't understand that side of the game. They see 11 players go out and they think, and this happened with Bruno Lage a lot. I felt like because Bruno Lage has a weaker personality, 
or a more passive personality. I think he got, you know, kind of pushed aside a lot by, by stronger personalities, whether it be Luis Felipe Vieira, George Mendes, whoever it was. But, you know, Hugo Gomes da Silva kind of tended to this. And you, you see, when, when lineups don't make sense, that's what's happening, is, is someone behind the scenes is pulling the strings. And you're wondering, why, why are we not playing this guy? Or why does Seferovic play every single match? You yeah. know, and it, he's either the world's greatest player in training and every coach just cannot stop believing in him or there's, there's another, you know, factor that's being brought into play and, they, you know, their hand is being forced. And, you know, I don't have inside knowledge on Seferovic, for example, but when that type of a player seems to always be in the lineup and never is removed, so a lot of people complain about PZ always being in the lineup even when he's playing poorly. And, you know, the, the deals we make, why are we buying RDT when we don't need a striker? Well, we, he has a broker named George Minz who needs to make his money back because he just sold your guy, you know, for $126 million. Now he wants, he wants to make a sale to collect, you know, a commission yeah, on his side. Commissions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And they, these are the deals you make in football. Unfortunately, this is modern football. You make the, the super agent, as they call them, they become a big part of the game. And they wheel a lot of power, more so than managers, I, I believe. And, and I think Benfica's fallen under that trap, at least since J.J. left. And I, I think that's a, it was a good shout that he had in, in bringing up George Mendes. It's, it's, um, it's, you got to work with these agents, but they've allowed full control, I feel right. like. They've handed the keys over. And I, I think the example to me was highlighted more, more prevalently in that first couple Champions League games this year where we had mm -hmm. about five players debuting that, <laughs> that hadn't played. And people go, oh, Servi is uh, a good player, and he is. Mm -hmm. To have your first official match of this season be Champions League, it's kind of like, whoa, okay. And Rafa at the time was playing well. He was playing well, right. And it was a case of, and I was shocked that in the lead up to the Champions League going, okay, they got to Remember, I was calling for this, and it never happened. Was you know, will you play Servi before the Champions League so you give Raf some rest so you can play your best eleven? Mm -hmm. You know, when we played Fage's first game was in the Champions League this year. Right. He played preseason because we were trying to offload Fage. We couldn't. Yeah, we were trying to him. sell him. It was a shop window. We're going to yeah, play so Fage as much as possible and hope somebody comes in with a with an it, offer. Never mind what it does to our to our staff, you know, and to our yeah. to our eleven. And so this is where the the agent and upper management the club puts its finger on the pitch and people go oh, it's not the president that selects the starting 11 i'm like it's not but the influence was that phasia was to play all the games in the preseason as much as possible to get money made yeah Tomas Tavares is gonna play in the champions league because yeah. you know the president was already touting him at the end of last season yeah david Tavares got two david games Tavares this season he got he got it <laughs> he got champions league yeah and he got it one pass of the liga yeah and that's right. it right and i'm just like Damn. Something's wrong with this picture here. <laughs> yeah, that, that is truly. And so when, when Rudy Gonzalez is saying there, there's a, a, a rot right now at the club and there's mm -hmm. the, a situation with agents controlling the strings and people go, oh, it's just conspiracy. I'm like, no, you see it on the pitch. Mm -hmm. You actually right. see it. It's, it's, I think the club has to get better at diversifying. Just like you diversify an investment, you diversify right. your talent pool in the sense of not only do you get different talented players, but you also get different players. Different characteristics. Different characteristics, but you also get them signed by different agents. Yeah, so that and, one agent doesn't wield all that power. Yeah, and Mendes is a very like love-hate kind of seller. Like wolves love him. Right. They fully are bought into the Mendes strain. Yeah. Um, but that is a Mendes only club. Right. Anyone come in there that's not a Mendes player, Mendes will get his hands on it very quickly. Yeah. And the most telling thing that Rui Gomes brought up, which is so true with Joan Felix, an academy player, not a Mendes agent. Mm -hmm. But Mendes just, still gets. <laughs> and just before he sold, yeah. Mendes gets, put, gets his name put on, on, on yeah, the contract. Yeah, he brokers the deal. <laughs> and it's kind of like, and he gets cut a commission. And it's one of these things where it's like, we're, we did. We said we didn't want to sell Joan Felix. Yeah. Did we truly not want to sell? We were. We called Mendez, and Mendez got involved. It's like we want to sell Joan Felix. We're gonna say publicly we don't, but let's get this kid sold yeah. and let's jack up the price. Much How much can you get for him? Right. And he did good from a sales standpoint, but it's kind of again the priorities and how you're running it. And then again, you see these other guys, a like Cardi, 
and, and like Kyle Lucas is of the world. Yeah. These sightings and you go, okay, is this the scratch one's back? Is who would like, I looked at the it age. I, right. <laughs> I got so curious about the agent Kyle Lucas. He's a uh-huh. no one. He's a no He's one. A nobody. Like, <laughs> and nobody with no players. I don't I feel being <laughs> saying that, but it's like Kyle right. Lucas is like his main player. Yeah. And it's like, how do we get it? Like, and you kind of have to go, okay, is there some like shady connection behind the scenes where someone got paid other cash to get these yeah. guys signed? Like it just logically doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that, that deal made no sense. And you know, he talked really talked about that with you. And it's like, that's a great player for the Middle East. That's not a player for our league, especially to wear our number seven. You know, yeah, one of the, like one of the jerseys Lucas. people want to buy is the number seven. That's like number the number seven. 10, you know, and they, and they brought, and, the and I, I laughed my ass off so hard when we said CL7. Like yeah. they did the Ronaldo style branding and everything. And I was like, yeah. he had his own I'm interview like, on, on BTV when he was, he had his own half hour sit down interview. Like, who is like he was like a megastar. Yeah. I, I, remember, I remember a time I was like, okay, this is either going to be the biggest joke ever or they found Best a diamond. Best scout, scouting ever, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, it was the biggest joke ever. It truly right. was. It was like, what the <laughs> frick was it? Of course, this is a joke. Yeah. So it's like a, I was waiting for Ali G to come out of that interview to go like, I got you. Ah, right. You know, this was like uh, those interviews where he punks people and it's like, uh, that's what it felt like with this guy. It's like, okay, are, are we serious? Really? Okay. Right. All right. The last thing I'm going to ask you before I let you go, we we're going on almost two hours. Yeah. Here, um, is the question everybody can Luis Felipe Vieta lose this election? Do you believe the way it's set up? Uh, I think he can because of the momentum that's building up mm-hmm. against with Lopes. I really think so because Lopes is before what Rui Gomes mm-hmm. is. He was painted like a madman at times. Right. Painted like here's this guy's a fanatic. He yeah, he clearly loves Rafika. No one's doubting that, but he, he's not. Mm-hmm. He's gonna put us in a crisis. He, he's a better guy to have in the stands, not in mm-hmm. the boardroom. Blah 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 blah. Right. You got a guy that's like a bigger businessman lose your feet in Right. Your whole like, listen, we, this is, we got to be smart with our money. It's like, yeah, that guy's better than you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, there goes, there goes, it's like, uh, there goes your prime cornerstone of right. what your argument is. Right. So now his panic is let's spend and get, look what I'm doing on the pitch. I'm like, Oh, yeah. hopefully people don't have a sharp mindset. Right. I feel there's a lot of people really ticked off. I think people are livid with mm-hmm. the way that the, uh, social media structure of Bifika mm-hmm. is campaigning on behalf of Luis Fiat. That's right. not supposed to happen. It's not their place. This is the first time ever, because historically, pre-Luis Fiat, we never had Bifika TV. Right. We had, a, we had a magazine, a newspaper. Right. And it was always like viewed as like a socio-run newspaper, mm-hmm. which are both talk good and badly of the mm-hmm. candidates. Right. And now we have this construct of BTV, Bifika Twitter, the website. Uh, it's like state television. <laughs> yeah, and it's all like campaigning on behalf right. of the president. Hard. Refusing to do debates. Refusing to discuss the candidates. It's like all this attention. And so sometimes I go, am I in the Twitter bubble? Am I in the social media bubble too much where this guy is picking up momentum? But every time I see polls, it seems like I think there is a real chance he could lose. I really mm-hmm. do think so. And I think, um, I think if we're due for change, we need it. I think we need to have new people looking at the books because that's how you get rid of complacency mm-hmm. and right. and some of these leeches that have latched onto the club. What concerns me is that you have three candidates splitting opposition votes against, yeah. and I think Luis Felipeita has his base, which isn't going to waver very much. So I'm I'm wondering how that dynamic is going to evolve as we get closer to the election. If if the other guys are going to get behind whoever you know the clear front runner is. If I was Lopes, because uh, clearly he's got the momentum right now, and you mm-hmm. kind of wait until you get till September or whatever, I would go if come September, you know, a month before the election, things are looking really in his favor. Mm-hmm. I'd go to Rui Gomes. I'd go. Uh, I'd say, listen, buddy, you'll be a VP. You'll be. Uh, you'll yeah. be part of this club, but drop. I think out. that's the best way to do it, and to do it real close to the election to really yeah. put that pressure on. on and, and corral it and say, okay, this is it. You have two mm-hmm. options. Supposedly there's a potential one more candidate that, that might run. Mm-hmm. I don't know much details on it, but there's right. one that's building a campaign to run. So I'm curious mm-hmm. who that will be. Um, I also wonder that fear of a split vote. Mm-hmm. I think also my biggest fear, here's my, uh, is Lucia Vieta wins, but he wins what a minority vote. meaning with minority that, vote, right? Yeah. And so what that does is he got a situation where the existing president at Bifiga for the first time in ages 
does not have the backing of Bifikishas as a right. collective. Right. Um, and he set up a very short-term contract with George Jr., meaning that halfway through his term, that's going to go away. So he better deliver elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And because he's on very thin ice, and if things go a little sideways early on, you could have people within the club start kibosh just to because they want to run. And he could have right. a very disgusting scenario. So I don't if I if he doesn't go now, I think it'll be. Uh, it could be a very interesting four years, especially if it's a minority one where it could get a lot of infighting from Yeah, him. there will be a lot of resistance every step of the way if he goes through another mandate, another term, if you will. One other thing that that uh, I I had forgot to mention, Rui Gomes brought up how he supports a term limit. And that yeah. really spoke to me. I, I fully agree with that. And I think it's any organization is dangerous having somebody in charge for 17 years, handpicking everybody he puts around him after 17 years, you literally have no, no, you know, oppositional voices in anywhere in your organization because you've handpicked everybody. Yeah. It's a, we need term limits of some variety, whether it be a mm-hmm. year or three year, mm-hmm. um, some kind of construct or um, especially now with the, the way the media is set up, it's very dangerous. Like you look mm-hmm. at, okay, so, an example, and this is, I'm not accusing Luis Riera to try and do this, but it sure feels like it. But you look at Real Madrid is a member club. Mm-hmm. Their president runs the Madrid media. Yeah. The Madrid media will crush and kill anyone. That, that runs even against ta- them, right. Ta- runs against them or talks out against them. Mm-hmm. It has been said that Real Madrid makes decisions on eliminating players or coaches, even if they're successful, because they get more popular than what, the club is and therefore right. become a danger to the president himself. So the sacking of Zidane and maybe the pushing out of Ronaldo. Yeah, that explains so. Ronaldo's move, doesn't it? Yeah, but you've seen it with even other guys historically at, at Real Madrid yeah. and Casillas. Casillas right. is a very like, well-liked individual. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. like, get out, get out. Like, yeah. It's just because it's you're getting to your tail end, and, and once you get to your tail end, you're dangerous and mm-hmm. might talk out against the president. We don't want that, right? Right. Um, and uh, it's it's almost like that's what's happening at Bifica. And it's it's if you don't have term limits, you naturally could get that abuse of power very easily happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, I think it's something that's necessary. You know, just history has shown us that that long serving leaders in any in any field, you know, become dangerous, either complacent or they become totalitarian in, in, exactly. in a sense. And, and the other part is the um, one year, one vote concept so right yeah. now the socio votes are you know I, i'm 19 19 years and in 11 months and i yeah. get a vote or whatever the heck i get i don't get many votes but mm-hmm. if i happen to be an extra month as a socio i get like 20 some odd votes or right and, right and, and it creates this especially with the older group you have these blocks that are worth 50 votes pop right see what yeah. the causes yeah and it's very easy to know who these people are. It's very easy as a present. To yeah. Say, I'm going to do a lot of special deals with you guys. For them, so, right. Yeah. Oh, it's your 50th birthday. You know what? I'm going to bring Louise out to your birthday. You know, remember. Vote exactly. For you know exactly. I mean? like, nudge, nudge. Yeah. And it's, and then the guys that, yeah. So hopefully they, they level out some of this because it'll create more of a democratic institution. Yeah. And, you know, he spoke to how, you know, Benfica was a democracy when Portugal was not. It's the yeah. democracy in Portugal is Benfica. And, needs to be preserved obviously because this is a, still a fans club and and the sausages have, have the power and basically they need to, this is the time for them to really come together and 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 decide what type of club we want to be going forward exactly all right mario i thank you for your time on this sunday it's been a pleasure it flew oh, by. it's been amazing i honestly the uh you, as soon as you mentioned a moment ago it's been two hours it honestly <laughs> did not feel like two hours it's right. uh it's i really appreciate it we got to get you back on a va90 oh i'd love to uh, do it (laughs) yeah man it's you got you run an amazing show man i i can't wait all right mario go ahead and plug your twitter and your youtube and all that uh before you go yeah yeah, yeah. twitter um m dot slv so it's Mm -hmm. uh letter m d o t slv obviously Mm -hmm. uh because i was formerly from the t dot in toronto that's Mm -hmm. just an old thing from back in the day that stuck around uh it's uh bifika after 90 so if you do a yeah. youtube search for bifika after 90 our our twitter handle or our um youtube page we're on there uh we've been getting uh, a lot of uh a lot of support over it's our second year that we did yeah a, a show um very very proud it really started with honestly me alex and dylan having a few mm-hmm. beers and and literally <laughs> just saying okay well, why not 
How'd you guys meet? How'd you, how'd you guys hook up with Alex all the way out in California? Oh man, it's such a long story. Yeah. yeah. So I'll give the story. <laughs> as long as you don't mind. So, no, uh, go for it. So I've been around for, I'm an old man. So I'm, I'm like the old guy in, in the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to do the forms at Plant Bifica, mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. Find and, and there's a bunch of guys out of the UK that ran that site. And then I, uh, Alfredo started doing the Pika podcast yeah. where he popped into the forums, asked for support. So I'd pop in once in a while as a guest there. And, uh, you know, that's how I, I got, I guess some people started recognizing me cause I never, I was always behind the scenes. Right. Um, and then Dylan, it's just Twitter. Cause then what it was, Pika podcast got me on Twitter. Cause I never was on Twitter mm-hmm. and cause I, I did a few shows with them. Yeah. Then all these, you know what you just said? Okay. Yeah, toss it in your like handle. The, and I was yeah. like, just you go on planetbifica.net. This doesn't exist. Anymore, so you go on planetbifica.net, <laughs> go on the forums yeah. and the guys moderating it all or setting up the things. It was, uh, you know, we had a few of us doing it. I'm there and you can probably find me there. And, and then they started emailing me a couple of tweets that people would say from their show they would do. And that, it got my curiosity. I went on Twitter. And so I met people on Twitter, mm-hmm. met Dylan, met Alex on there. Uh, Alex did a show once uh, this, uh, with this guy from Bermuda, Brian. Uh, he okay, tried yeah. doing something. Yeah. It, didn't work, it didn't really go, go very far, but he tried. And we're getting connected. I'm just lightly on there. And then Dylan uh, had um, talked to Dylan before. And uh, we had like, we, we just would shoot the shit, uh, for lack of better words, Pifika. And then there was the ICC Cup two mm-hmm. years ago, New Jersey, um, Juventus. Right. Yeah, I remember that yeah. one. Yeah, uh, and we did a big tailgate, and Dylan was there. He came down. He doesn't live too far away. He lives like forty-five minutes away from me, yeah. to be honest. Uh, so a bunch of us from Canada went down. A bunch of us in the U.S. had some people from Portugal down. Mm-hmm. We set up, and Dylan was there. We were talking, and we were just, I don't know, chatting. And then Dylan started chatting with Alex. He's like, "Oh, it'd be cool to have a show. You did one before Alex." And they just the two of them asked me, "Would you be part of it? Help us, you know, do it?" And it'd be the three of us to do the show. And I was like yeah i don't know how, how how much of this i could do and then we kind of <laughs> just came up with this idea after we done playing i was like well yeah. you watch all the games I'm like yeah i try to as much as possible watch every yeah. single game that's like yeah we just talked for like 20 minutes <laughs> and it's like and that, it started early on like 30 minutes and now these yeah. things go for an hour and i yeah i keep joking with alex man we gotta cut this back i'm like this is too long <laughs> but that's how it started and yeah. then um louise uh i would chat with him online and he yeah. he he's absolutely hilarious this guy um uh, in terms of what he does uh yeah. with his own channel and stuff because he just has he loves to goof off and have fun and uh and yeah we started the channel and then just because life got really busy for dylan and mm-hmm. he had some uh items that happened his father got ill for a while and he helped mm-hmm. his family business just this year he couldn't follow as much with fika so louise really stepped in and it kind of became part of the show that way yeah and, and he's, it's a, he, he's a nice uh addition to your dynamic too it's a fun mix because you it got like Al- Alex is his own cat out in California. Yeah. I love right. Alex a bit. I love Luis a bit. Uh, myself, we all have very like, mm-hmm. there's like-mindedness, but there's yeah. a very different personality. Yeah, there's the three unique of us. personalities. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun, man. We get along well and it's, it's mm-hmm. and the time zones, my God, the one, the toughest thing. That, with, that's with, gotta be fun. <laughs> oh God. It's funny. Now, now off the top of my head, I'm really good with like, it used to be back in the day. Yeah. When someone said a time in Portugal, they'd be like, oh, if you could play at like 10 o'clock God, like oh what time is that in Canada? I'm like, oh yeah, five hours. And I start flipping it backwards right? Right. very slowly. Um and then especially with Alex being in California is a specific time zone, right? Yeah. And Luis being in the time zone out in the UK. Now it's like right away it's like, oh you, know, you, know, you got those well, those time zones down. <laughs> it'll be like, oh, let's do a show. I mean it's three o'clock my time, so twelve for you, Alex. Yeah, eight for you, Luis. It's off the top of my head now. It just like rhymes off like time <laughs> zones, which is comical. Um yeah, it's done well. I, th- I just brought it up. I think we had like 20,000 views, which is yeah. like shocking uh, on, on, the, on the page for the, the Bifiga After 90. Uh-huh. And yeah, we're trying to do a few more things here for this upcoming season. It'll be the third year, but it'll be good. And congratulations again on the season. I know you had your season finale essentially last night. Um, what, what's mes- you know, what surprises me a lot, and I've heard some of the other projects talk about, here we are talking Benfica in English, right? Yeah, and here we have this following in Portugal of Portuguese-speaking Benfiquistas that really appreciate what we bring, yeah. and it's really cool to. And it, I think that's kind of a you know a nod to Portuguese people and their open-mindedness that I never would have thought. You know, 
that I'd be hitting, you know, a podcast chart in Portugal, not in the United States for a podcast in English by, you know, an American. You, you listen, you know, we are, this is not the, the football hub of the world, obviously. Yeah. But, but people in, in Portugal who, who have Benfica in front of them take time every week to follow our content in English. I think to me that still blows my mind away. I, it's, it's pretty wild because I've looked at some of our analytics and we get a lot of viewers from mm-hmm. Portugal. Like, the, yeah. Yeah, like that's still like the majority of our views is Portuguese. Yeah, it's Portugal, the same Portugal. here. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of go and I, I'm always like, I always thought it'd be more like Canadians and Americans. Yeah. Uh, and I always, and I wonder sometimes because we have, I always joke with people here in Canada when they talk about, oh, Portugal's a small country. I'm like, well, you know, it's 11 million people, but you have to understand that it's like 22 million because there's 11 there's another, million living another, outside. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like just the way that the, 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 the immigration happened. And this is, these are card carrying citizens, right? Um, and so I'm like, there's this global presence. Uh, but I always find it funny. We get the odd person once in a blue moon that goes, Hey, why don't you guys, uh, no follow Portuguese. They'll like make other comments. They make some comments. I always laugh saying, well, it's, it's a, a complete English channel. It's just, yeah. It's what, not what really want, the, right? the mission. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, we got, you guys got all your media out in, in Portuguese and, and yeah. you got a lot in the, if you can depend on they're doing yeah. really cool stuff. Right. I, I say, man, because those guys are right in the backyard. They're oh, recording they, outside they of Luge. <laughs> they, they got, they're able to like, grab some guys in the coffee shops, this and that. Yeah. And it's, so it's pretty cool stuff they can do, which is amazing. Um, and we're just out here in our little corner of the world because there's so many beaches out there trying to get out to them. And, and I tell people, it's, we're not just a Portuguese club. We're, we're a big global club. We're a global right? club, so, right. And it goes to show, you go, how many podcasts, and this is where I, I know a Portisha, that we'll get, get, I, I argue a lot with, but mm-hmm. uh, I also talk to him quite often. That gets very livid with this comment. But I'm like, if you want to measure the size of teams and it's a stupid yeah. way of measuring, how many Bifika podcasts are out there? Yeah. How many different shows are there? And it's not because, like, it's because there's, there, there's so many more. Yeah, of there's so many there. more of us. And-, and how many, and I'm not trying to pick on Roma. Roma is a big club, but I, I feel like uh, and there's a lot of Roma podcasts out there, but. I feel there's more Bifikisha podcasts maybe because I'm Bifikisha, you know? Yeah. No, you're right. And, you know, this is funny. This is kind of off. But uh, another project I'm, I'm possibly having in the works yeah. is – and there, there, do you know there is no Flamengo podcast in English anywhere? Yeah, see, that one's, one's <laughs> And that's surprised. a huge club. It's a big club, but it's funny. And in the English-speaking world, there's so many Brazilians. I, it blows yeah. my mind that there isn't a Flamengo, you know, English-language podcast anywhere yeah and it's it's funny you so see that I, you, you might, i'm gonna you try might, to jump in on that <laughs> it's, it's a neat idea you got that you can look at look at boca juniors boca juniors another huge, huge. club you, right. you wouldn't see yeah it's i'd be hard pressed to try to find anything in english right? right um and that's the difference between a a united a real i yeah. be fika still in terms of like their popularity oh, they're there. right like i actually see the odd bit for ix but we think yeah. carries you in a bigger weight internationally than IX does dorman in has like a fans. real nice english english uh, language yeah. podcast the yellow wall but yeah they have one you 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 look for benfica there there's a, there's a seems like a new yeah. one every week there's so many of them out there and there and, and i think there's a it's a good community um yeah. and i think also it goes to uh, this is this is your team this is my team this is everyone mm-hmm. that listens this yeah. is your this is your team this is you are a member there we have no owner it's a, right it's a people it's the people's club we have a caretaker so, and that's it yeah yeah and, and it's just uh and there's something special about there were sometimes some of these other clubs in in the world whether it be like an mls team or whether mm-hmm. it be like a european team like a west ham or something like that that it is someone owns it and you're just a fan watching them right. do what they do with the team whereas mm-hmm. we really I really feel all the beefications that pop up in our chat group, ones that that go out on Twitter, the ones that go out and 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 go to the games, the ones internationally. You have a say. You actually, this is this is yeah. your team. This is your, you know, to take an active role and vote when it comes time for the socio side. But right. you also, you know, the, the the what the team looks like is based on what you're doing, and that's you know, in every shape, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, there's not many clubs anywhere in the world like and we talk. They've talked about it. You know, we dropped. PSG does not want to draw Benfica ever in the Champions League because don't we want that embarrassment again. It's a home game for Benfica, you know. And we, yeah. one year in J, one of JJ's runs to the Europa League yeah. final, I think we we hit a Portuguese community in every round <laughs> until we got to. It the was final. amazing. I remember that PSG game. Yeah, 
and it was like i remember the headlines in france were were like what an embarrassment there was more mifika fans and psg fans in in, in paris in the stadium <laughs> it was it, it's cool man i i love it and it's and, and the thing is like even like when they come here to North America, like it's a mm-hmm. huge ton of them. You come to Canada, you come to East coast, the West yeah. coast, um, they, you will get some support and, and people sometimes even here. I remember when we faced PSG in Toronto several mm-hmm. years ago, it was, a, it was beefy quiches. It was, a, it, was a, it was like a Bifika home game with a couple mm-hmm. of PSG fans that were uh, from Southeast Asia <laughs> for lack of a better word. <laughs> yeah. And I know because I, I was at the time, I knew one of the girls in, in yeah. my old office in Toronto, her, Husband liked PSG, uh, Indian fella, nice guy. Mm-hmm. And I remember when they they went to the game, <laughs> and they were kind of like caught off guard big time. This is like Ebro was playing for PSG, I think at the time when they came to Toronto. I'm trying to recall again, I think Ebro was still I think playing he for PSG. Was too, yeah, yeah. And I remember here's Ebro, here's a star-studded PSG. <laughs> They're gonna go face Fika. Oh, I wish we got a United. This and that. All of a sudden, go eh. Man, and then when they come the in, man, stadium's it, red. <laughs> it's all red. And I was sitting there, it's like, yeah, man, it would have been kind of cool if we got like a Real Madrid or something against Bifiga because maybe we would have had like half and half fans. Yeah. But it's cool to face a team like PSG. It's nice for them to get a bit well, of attention here. There. And Juventus, <laughs> that game at Red Bull Arena with Juventus, New York is known for being like the Italian-American yeah. hub. And we go into, <laughs> into we went to Jersey Shore. We went to the Jersey, and it's all sure. red. <laughs> this and it's like one it was little a pocket of Juventus fans, and the rest of it is, is yeah. And, and the game against Milan out in yeah. uh, in uh, Foxborough there, right. that was like all Bifikishas. Yeah, you, you had like so out in California because Alex went to that game with Shiva's. Yeah. It was heavy Shiva. That's Shiva's backyard. Oh, yeah, that's you their backyard. Like, I, I went and visited Alex uh, oh, uh, about a year back, and I went there. And they talk about there being a lot of Mexicans in California, yeah. man. That is an understatement. Like it is, oh, yeah. you you forget you're in the U.S. Yeah, um, it's an extension. It's a, it's, it's like it's a, Mexicans everywhere. The the taco trucks, the food, yeah. the, the signs. You're driving on the street, yeah. You see all these Spanish signs everywhere. Yeah. It's like you are in another country. Yeah, almost, you're yeah. you're almost in like a, a former colony in Mexico, yeah. right? Which right. technically well, it used to be part it, of Mexico. It, back it, it was part of Spain, right? Yeah, back mm-hmm. in the day. Um, and so they had a big Shiva support, but you had a lot of Bifika fans still show up there. Yeah. All the way out on the other side of the world. If you actually right. look at where Lisbon is to San Francisco, right. <laughs> geography speaking. And if they ever went to Macau and did a game, you'd you probably have that, a ton yeah, of uh, Bifikishas there also. And, right? you know, in the, in the Portuguese-speaking parts of Africa, too, Bifika's huge. Yeah, I would you, love – actually, I, I feel it's unfortunate. It's, I know it's money-related, but – I think it's long overdue we do a game in Angola or Mozambique. Yeah, it's been a while. It's certainly been a while. And that used to be a regular end-of-the-season trip for, for Benfica. That's something I learned looking at these old seasons, like 82, 83, when they went to – after losing the UEFA Cup final, they went to Angola and played three games in Angola. Yeah. Uh, it, it used to be how they ended the season was going to, to the, the Ultramad, as they called it. And, uh, and I know, hope – that's my fear. My, my fear is sometimes this club – and reaching out for like, oh, let's get some Chinese fans or let's mm-hmm. get some other fans. And I, I want fans from all over the world following Rafika. They they have such a huge following. I I hope they don't forget that following. Right. Yes. Um. I agree. I know the U.S. has a lot of money, and I get the benefit of being next door as a neighbor in a sense, mm-hmm. where we get Rafika. Mm-hmm. But take advantage of the fact that out in uh, out in Angola, out in Mozambique, yeah. and South Africa, there's a big amount of. Oh yeah, yeah these are diehard fans that yeah. you know live and die with the club every week. Yeah, and they they got it. I think they need to do maybe even when there's like a you know how they do those breaks. I know this year is a unique year, so obviously yeah. not this year. But in the normal in normal times when they have let's say like in November or they have like mm-hmm. a, where you get like an international because, break, yeah. yeah. Do, do, take advantage and even send a team down down to Angola to do a. a yeah. Because even minus they, the international players, they'll be so happy to see those to see Benfica come in. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you don't want to don't take it for granted that you have that support. Right. But you could. I think sometimes it. it feels like the club does take them and us for granted that we're here, yeah. we're subscribing to BTV every week, and they're worried more about you know the Far East and you know wherever. And yeah, and I, I think this is where like, and I look. And at they're it, not creating is, any content in English or French, which is the main languages your diaspora speaks. That's actually, that's what I'm shocked with is that the club itself doesn't make it. I know they finally, after many years, put an English section mm-hmm. and, and an English translation on their website. I remember for many years they didn't have that. 
mm-hmm. um, but I'm shocked they haven't done it a proper English. I know they got Ifika English now on the Twitter, mm-hmm. but yeah, they, should Twitter. Have, they should have a BTV in English. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. They, they, there's no excuse for, to not have that. And also, and I look at it and this is me selfishly saying, I got a son. My son is member. me taking him to Ifika games. I'm passing that on the torch yeah. to him. But I have had people, I know individuals here in Canada that are Canadians mm-hmm. that are Bifikishas that are not Portuguese, They're right? Not Portuguese descendants. Right. They have no Portuguese. They, for some along the path, they fell they in love found with the Bifiki. club, right? Uh, we got Pete out, and uh, I always like picking on Pete because I've personally yeah. met him before, yep. and uh, he's out in England, but he's a uh, your, your traditional Englishman that loves and he's, you got Marcus in, in, in Germany, yeah. <laughs> and you got, you got these people that, and it's like, do, the Europeans, they, they got Bifika because Bifika travels in Europe. Yeah. So you got that. Yeah. But you got to, you got to get good at trying to not, that just grab old guys like us. That, yeah. No matter what, we love Bifika. We're going to be here, you know. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're here no right until we die. Yeah. But make sure you capture our kids and try to capture mm-hmm. their friends and try to kind of, and, and two ways you do it is these exhibitions, but also you know content get the get get the job done in europe man you don't even if you don't win it just perform make it appealing yeah yeah anyways man i rant and rave like i always do i hear here this is the typical ba90 ending where we say okay good thank you so much (laughs) do your plug and then the show will progress there's actually one quick story (laughs) when i was doing the i did a little montage video to say thank you for all the guests we had yeah that was a great video by the way it's a fun little video and i went i was trying like find okay who's on the show who's on the show I forget who the heck was there. Someone on one of our shows, Sergio from mm-hmm. Toronto. That episode, the actual video part yeah. ended pretty quickly. Uh-huh. The after <laughs> we said goodbye to the ending of the episode yeah. was equally as long, long as the whole as show. The, as, as, it was an hour <laughs> and a half long show. The show ended 45 minutes in. Yeah. We actually put the credit page in the <laughs> chat box. You kept going. And I remember like, because I'm scrolling through it to just get a photo of Sergio. And I'm, I'm not, oh, okay, not here, not here. Let me go later on. I'm like, wait a second, this is the credits. Fuck, the credits started halfway through. I'm like, and I click, I'm like, man, yeah, we did, we ooh, went past that. We blew past it. You know, it's like, you know, you yeah, do the, it is what it's happens. like, okay, guys, see you later. The credits are rolling, but it's as if they don't hit the stop button. So yeah. I have a tendency of doing that, buddy. No worries. No worries at all. I can break this up into multiple shows. So That's it's all good stuff. Thank you again for joining me. Uh, we'll definitely do this again next season at some point. Um, thank yeah, you for, for your show. Yeah. Your show helps me a lot too because when I'm pissed, I watch you guys. And <laughs> We're just a bunch that, of goofballs. <laughs> after that, that TASA final, you know, I was yeah. – you know, I, I decided to record that night. I usually don't record the same day. Yeah. I usually watch the game again. I couldn't yeah. put myself through that again. I literally was, you know, singing sad songs to start the show. <laughs> Fuck, it, is, uh, it was I, I, it was so demoralizing I, I we've said this on the show a million times before and and some people i don't know if they actually take us seriously or not but we're being 100 honest it is like therapy i tell you i will finish i am angry I, my wife's a beefy just yeah. watch and i'm agitated she's agitated everyone's mm-hmm. agitated i'm sending my kids to my parents house let, let them get away from the house or something and i'm like i'll just be like it's just you know you get irritated and then Alex is pissed off. Yeah. We just pissed off. And usually when we tune on, we, we talk for a little bit. Yeah. We kind of like defuse each other to a certain extent. We're to pissed an, off. Yeah, you get yeah, yourself you get, ready to, to, to have the show. And then eventually <laughs> we defuse ourselves. And along the way, we end up usually just laughing it off. Because yeah. that's, and I tell you, when it's all said and done, I'm still pissed me if you could lost the task of final. Course, but I tell you, course. at least it's we're after that show's done. Yeah. I feel a bit better <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah when you win it it's like a, it's like a, it's like oh, yeah. steroids all of a sudden it just jacks it really up is. It's, it's like, a, it's like right up it's like oh, yeah hang on <laughs> let's keep doing it <laughs> all right thank all right, you mario man. thank you so much man. we'll I catch really up again another time next season thank you again this was this was a blast that was awesome thanks buddy all right and again a big thank you to mario from Benfica after 90. Make sure you go to his social media. Follow him at MDOTSLB. Follow Benfica 90 as well on all the social media platforms. And make sure next season on match day, once the match ends, check the Benfica after 90 Twitter. See what time they're going on and watch those guys do their thing live after every match. 
that was a very interesting and I would say it was a very it went really quickly that conversation with him I thoroughly enjoyed it and again I thank him for coming on Mr. Benfica and sharing his perspective with me and with all of you now there's some new stuff coming from the PTB network okay you heard probably at the top in the in the channel ID um, that I like to do at the beginning of every episode I said PTB media not PTB soccer network okay um we're undergoing a, a little bit of a structural branding uh, change, okay, here at PTB. Um, as, uh, well, there'll be more information coming on P- on the PTB platforms about the, the, the new PTB Media Network um, that is obviously host to this podcast and some others. Okay, I've gotten together with... A, some with another podcaster and um, another content creator and we're forming a network and I think it's going to benefit everybody as it's going to bring more content to more people so check it out now follow on Twitter the new handle is at PTB underscore media on Instagram it's the same uh, handle at PTB underscore media any questions you can always of course reach out to me and you can find me on email at the Mr. Benfica at gmail.com okay and of course you know the other social media places to find me i plug them each and every show that's gonna do it for episode 76 but the season's not over yet for mr benfica and we're the players are already playing in 2021 i'm still in 2019-20 we still got the uefa youth league to go and i'm working on a season finale as we speak it'll be a multi-parter and it'll be a review of a classic benfica season as i said in the episode 89-90 the return of sven joran erickson to benfica so stay very close to the channel and watch this space for new content all right we have at least that left this season who knows what else could happen uh between now and the start of the new season and what could prompt an impromptu uh episode so stay tuned as always to mr benfica this has been episode 76 thank you for joining me i am the mr mike agustinio signing off and i'll see you next time here on mr benfica